Gilbert Gottlieb, and you're listening to the Pinball Podcast. All right. Sunday, June 9th, 2019. This is episode 130 of the Pinball Podcast. I'm Jeff, and I'm with Jessica. Jessica, how are you doing? I'm all right. We made it to another episode. (laughs) We did. It's been a while. It has. There was a hidden live episode um, out in Denver, which we'll get to at some point, but uh, no one's ever going to hear that. You were either there or you didn't get it, but um, it was the funniest, most action packed. That's because I wasn't there. (laughs) You were there in spirit. We gave away a lot of your stuff. And did ya? Yes. What what stuff did you give away? We gave away some soft plunge stickers. Oh, hey, Jeff, what's soft plunge? Well, it's the sponsor for the show. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute. Soft plunge pin. Oh, I just tripped all over it. Softplungepinball.com is the newest kid on the block in pinball merchandise. Ooh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. Not only is it the newest kid, it's also the coolest kid. Um, (laughs) It's the only place where you can go and get a Golden Girls pinball t-shirt. What? Yes. That actually exists? It does now. Just in time for the reveal of the game coming out later this year. <laughs> They're always saying, but they are always uh, saying. Actually, I am super excited about your soft plunge project. Why don't Why don't you give the rundown so that I quit ruining it? Oh, so uh, since since we last spoke, which has oh, I don't want to think about how long it's been. It's been a long time. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> um, I launched my one woman show called soft plunge it's pinball apparel and accessories um so yeah had the launch online kind of a soft launch for soft plunge where people could pre-order um because everything that i'm making is all handmade and it's all locally made so uh, my friend kyle over at black sheep screen and sign here in portland oregon if you guys are ever looking to make some shirts or hats or cool stuff kyle is your guy he's so good um so he produces everything in his shop in-house by his own hand uh and also our buddy andrew who works for him so it's a nice local company they're super supportive they're wonderful allies to women they're into pinball they're just like general great human beings so love working with them everything's all hand done i have been helping out in the shop like loading up all the shirts so i have been involved in the process which has been really cool and I made uh, t-shirts and tank tops and 70s style running shorts. Yeah. Which are pretty outstanding. Um, all with the Soft Plunge logo. I did um, an I Heart Ping Pong t-shirt. So it's like in the style of the I Heart New York shirts. It's got some flippers and a pinball. But, you know, it says ping pong because that happens all the time. All the time. All the time. Uh, and Jack Danger just sported the shirt over on Dead Flip on the stream the other day, which was pretty rad. So thanks to Jack for that. Yep. While his wife went into contractions. So. <laughs> oh, gosh. 
Uh, maybe it's because she saw him in those shorts. Hey. Uh, could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the Golden Girls, as you alluded to, uh, I'm doing a series of dream theme pinball machine shirts. So machines that we wish existed that don't exist. Um, so I worked with Pete Ellison, who's an amazing designer who used to live in Portland and now he and his partner live in Canada. Eh? And, uh, he worked on that golden girls design for me. He also designed the fun house name tag stickers that I have. Um, and yeah, it was really, really fantastic to get stuff made and ship out orders. It was so exciting. Like when I put packages in the mail, I was like, Oh my gosh, it's really happening. Um, I got hologram stickers and just it's stuff that I wish existed. So I'm just making it exist. And then I'm also making sure that every time I make shirts, I'm also doing women's cuts. Um, so trying to offer some things to people who don't always have options in the size or the style that they want. So um, I have shirts. I sold out of like all the three X shirts when I first put everything on sale. So when I reorder, I'll get more of those. So um, I have a range of sizes and then all the way down to like small and women's sizes. So I'm just trying to be a little bit more in touch with some things that there might be a market for and hopefully people like it. Please like it. Please, please. Yeah. That's very um, cool. Yeah. So I sold out of booty shorts already. All gone. I'm remaking those. Um, only have two tank tops left, so I'm doing a whole new tank top design. Uh, Golden Girls are down to like only certain sizes are left, so I'm redoing those. It's it's exciting to run out of a thing and be like, oh my gosh, you actually like it and want to wear it on your body. Thank you. Yeah, and the um, the iHeart ping pong one, I I feel like that's going to be one of those evergreen ones that's just going to have to keep getting new rounds because. <laughs> Every time someone gets asked, hey, how was your ping pong tournament? <laughs> well, so it's I, either that or people being like, I don't get it. It's like, just give it time. You will. Yeah. You'll, it, yeah. At some point, someone will ask you, how was your ping pong tournament? So, <laughs> uh, I was also informed that I need to make a series of them because uh, one of my friends hears foosball all the time. Oh, I could see that. Uh-huh. Another one here is paintball. She's like, mm. so people actually think I'm like running around in camouflage every night <laughs> <laughs> shooting people. So uh, apparently there are a series of things that people mistake pinball for. Well, one day people will be asking those paintballers, how was your pinball tournament? Right. Oh, hold out. Those days are definitely <laughs> coming. Definitely coming. Sure. So. Anyway, yeah, southplungepinball.com. And do you, do you have a do you have um a little do you have a jingle for South Plunge? Uh, I heard you had a I actually do, and if you give me like mm, how how much do you call? I thought you were prepared. <laughs> this is oh this is embarrassing. This is not like us. We're usually well, super professional. Yeah, that's true. We're always super professional. Um, so, first, uh, so friend of the show, who you may have heard on the intro, uh, Gilbert Gottlieb. You don't have to stall anymore, but finish the story. 
offered very kindly to record a a jingle for Soft Plunge. And I was like, yes, please. That sounds amazing. I don't know what that's going to be. But yeah, let's do it. This is what and it means. This is what it is. Wait, how does that go again? Yeah, let's hear a little louder. Soft plunge. So there's our there's our jingle by <laughs> Mr. Gilbert Gottlieb. Thank you. Thank you, Gilbert. And uh, if you guys haven't checked out Gilbert Gottlieb's YouTube channel, it's a must. It is a must. His first video was all about kind of moving pinball machines solo, ways to make that easier. And then his second video was putting modern sounds on EM machines, which I may have a moral opposition to, but still interesting. It is. Give it a watch. It's entertainment either way. So it is definitely entertainment. Thank you, Gilbert. And if nothing else, the Gilbert Gottlieb pun, it's very funny. Oh my gosh. So very good. All right. Also, he did the intro for our show, which everyone knows because he introduces himself as Gilbert Gottlieb. So correct. Anyway, should we get into things that have actually happened recently? Yeah. Okay. As opposed to things that haven't actually happened. That are happening. Let's talk about those two. Okay. Well, there is a new world champion of pinball, isn't there? Oh my gosh. There is. I... All right. So my buddy Connor is staying with me. Uh, Connor is amazing. I met him in Australia. Some of you may remember the story. Um, so Connor has been staying with me for like a week. And um, we were watching the tournament we got back yesterday because it's been happening happening in Milan. So with the time difference, when they start broadcasting at 9.30 a.m. in Milan, it is 12.30 a.m. Portland time. So we got back home and it was just starting up. So we turned it on and we watched this crazy game of Iron Maiden with Johannes where he was stage flipping during multi-ball to get the loop jackpot. So he had balls trapped on either flipper and he was staging the upper right flipper just for loop jackpot after loop jackpot. It was, we were both staring at it like, what is, what is happening right now? He is so amazing. He's 17 and he is so composed. He knows every game, like watching him play was just mind blowing. So I was like, okay, I really need to get to sleep, but I also kind of want to keep an eye on this. So I had it up on my phone. I know you're not supposed to have your device that close to your face when you're trying to sleep. But I had it on my phone. I ended up falling asleep before I could turn it off. And I woke up this morning to cheers from the commentary booth on this broadcast just in time to be like, okay, they are tied up at four games apiece after having played nine games because they tied on the EM, like exact tie score and had to replay it. So they had played nine games at that point. So game 10 was about to start on Dracula. And oh my God, if you have not seen this footage, go watch this footage. It It, was the most entertaining, phenomenal game of pinball. I cannot explain it. As far as like pro streams go, it has to be the biggest comeback I've ever seen. Right. It's absolutely crazy. It's straight bonkers. 
it was so fantastic. It was just like everything was working against them. And I mean, literally going into ball three on Dracula and having to make up like a 3 billion point deficit over 3 billion point deficit in a single ball. It's like, um, yeah, it was so phenomenal. I can't, cannot properly put it into words. Please do yourself a favor and go watch this. I feel like this is the level of excitement that, you know, streaming pinball or getting people who are mildly into it to kind of understand how exciting the competitive aspect is. This is something that you're going to be able to be like, look at this. You will understand now. Yeah. It's yeah. Even a casual viewer could at least understand, like you said, so very cool stuff. Uh, Also the excitement just of everybody in the room was really fun. People are calling people and texting people right and left. It was just cool. Good, good scene. Right. A, a very good way to have a championship decided because not only was that final game crazy, the entire series was crazy. Just go watch the it. The entire like, series. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate so my, my friend Lambo was actually competing, representing Australia, and he was texting me to make sure that I was watching it. <laughs> <laughs> and I could sh- see him in the background where he's just like, oh. So good. He was probably just trying to make sure that what he was seeing was really happening and <laughs> right. he wasn't caught up in someone else's dream or something like that. Cause it it's, it was nuts, but please confirm this is real life. So yes. And, um, congratulations, kid. Another, uh, another teenager is coming up in pinball. That's going to be a problem. Youngest IFPA champion. Youngest world champion so far. Yeah. Um, and has to be said, Daniele played amazing pinball. Yeah. The, the whole time, the two of them were just back and forth, and it was so close, so intense. Like, the, the level of play there is just phenomenal. Right. And uh, the stream, which started out like day one, had kind of like a funny weird start so the guy who was streaming it was waiting for his wife to to get there and he was showing her flight path and skyped her on the stream but like there was no pinball being shown yet because he needed her to come set it up and i was like this is the most adorable thing um like at first it was like frustrating that there was no actually you couldn't actually see any of the pinball at all but then you were just like, okay, he adores her. And then like later he mentioned they've only been married for like a year, not even a year. And you could tell and he was just like, so, and then as soon as she got there, he was all just like, huh, like everything is better now. <laughs> and they did a really great job getting stuff streamed. Like when they couldn't get the mobile rig on a machine, they had like a special little setup where they could at least be kind of close in and have a mobile feed over the shoulder kind of situation. So they did a great job with it. And at the end they had uh, Kaylee and Escher and Raymond who were in the commentary booth and they were doing a really good job of kind of keeping everybody clued in and talking about strategy and the different players and their approaches. So really well done all, all the way around. Yep. And uh, well, you know, as you said, Danielle had played amazing. That would have won 99 out of 100 other matches right. it, it was just <laughs> i mean 
let, let, that's just the way it was. So yeah, very good stuff. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that was just barely like I just wrapped up, uh, this weekend, last weekend you had an event that you were at and you want to talk about that a little bit? I did. So last weekend was the Northwest pinball and arcade show in Tacoma, Washington. And it's a show that I've been going to for, this is my fourth year, I think going. Um, and it's nice because it's, you know, close enough to Seattle where people in Seattle can kind of go for the day. It's an easy weekend trip for people from Portland to come in. You get some people coming um, from Vancouver, um, kind of all around. So it's at the convention center in Tacoma. And thanks to uh, my friend Robert, our friend, friend of the show, Robert from Double Danger, um, I got to share a little bit of booth space with them. So, uh, we had a double danger, soft plunge mega booth at the show and I got to set up, set up my wares, which was so exciting because seeing people actually wear the stuff like made me so happy. It was just like stupid, idiotic grin on my face the whole time. Um, but that was, that was so, so cool to see happen. Um, and it's always really fun getting to see him and hang out and they make such great stuff. And you see the loyal, uh, loyal fans, of the double danger stuff coming to the booth all the time and being like, Oh, I got this for you last year wearing the same, the stuff to buy new stuff. Um, so it was just really fun and it was nice to have uh, a support system there and someone to kind of give me some pointers who's been in the business for, for a long time and doing really well. So that was really cool. Um, the show itself, like tons of games to play. Um, they had a big free play area and then they had the tournament area. So there was their main match play tournament. They did a rookie tournament. They did a women's tournament and then they had a classics pin golf tournament. So um, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people will have heard um, and I don't want to detract from the show itself in any way because the show definitely handled things really well. Um, but there was a major incident that happened the night before the show. So the show was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And Thursday night, I start getting messages from some of my um, Silver Ball sisters up in Seattle, letting me know about an incident that happened on Thursday night at the Triple Knock, which is an amazing pinball bar in Tacoma. Um, and the bar handled it very well also, I will say. But um, there was a woman there who was, she works there, but she was not working at the time. And she and a friend were um, approached by Tommy Floyd from Nitro Pinball. They're a distributor who work in Canada, so kind of Western region of Canada and also in Washington. And they distribute for Stern, Jersey Jack, and Spooky. And he had told the two ladies that he had approached that, uh, well, Okay, let me say first. So Nitro is the main sponsor um, for the event, for the Northwest Pinball Arcade Show. And they are also the sole sponsor for the women's tournament, and they donate a pinball machine. This is the fourth year that they've done that. Right. So this year it was a Black Knight 
um, that was being donated to the winner of the women's tournament. And he had told these ladies that he would also sponsor their women's tournament in exchange for sexual favors. And when the women basically told him to fuck off, um, he then decided that he was going to keep pressing his luck and grab um, the manager of the bar, Aaron, while she was playing pinball, grabbed her ass. Yeah. So now we have escalated from sexual harassment to sexual assault. And he then was told he needed to leave the bar and refused. Uh, he, when they tried to move him out of the bar, he made some very inappropriate comments that I am not going to further trigger anyone with. Everything is really well documented online. And he grabbed her wrist so hard that he left very deep nail imprints in her. Um, Fortunately for everyone involved, it was the worst possible situation. But one of the board members for the Northwest Pinball Arcade Show was present when this happened, called an emergency board meeting, and had a full statement out online before the show opened on Friday. Yeah. Um, so they severed their ties with Nitro Pinball. The show itself is a not-for-profit organization, and they offered the winner of the women's tournament the option to choose the cash equivalent of the machine, which came out of their own funds. And absolutely wanted to stress that it was very important that everyone in the community feel safe and that this is not anything that will be allowed or permitted or excused by them. And they addressed it publicly and professionally and very quickly. And I just have to say that the way that they handled everything was so, so much appreciated by everyone in the community. So absolutely zero dings on the show. The show was wonderful there was a terrible situation that happened with the sponsor of the show. He's no longer welcome there. Um, and so far as a lot of us are concerned, is not welcome in the community. It was absolutely, absolutely out of line and inappropriate. Um, and he has admitted to it in writing online. Um, there are a lot of people who keep trying to throw opinions in without having the facts or doing the reading, but you can, read all the threads they are all public yeah uh aaron's thread is public the show director's posts are public on the northwest pinball arcade show page um another castle who had partnered with nitro for their showroom up in marysville washington has completely cut ties with them and pulled all nitro games from their showroom and from their other locations so there is a strong response from the community and it's really wonderful to see people kind of come out in force and say, we will not stand by while this happens. Yep. Um, I have to give huge props to Taylor. Um, I think you listened to the latest episode of this flipping podcast yes. and Taylor was pissed and I am so happy to have him as an ally to women in our hobby and proud to have him as a voice for the people who have a, you know, less loud voice in our community. <laughs> as sad as it is, it's just like when you have a position 
where you reach a lot of people, sometimes people are afraid to be controversial or to say things that might not be popular opinion. And Taylor just started the episode with a bang. And I have to say that the the energy that he has for it and the kind of no-nonsense approach that he has um, is definitely what we need more of in the community when we see things like this happening. Yeah. Um, to have strong responses to it is the only way that things are going to change. So Taylor, my hat is off to you. It's um, wonderful to hear you weighing in so publicly about it. Oh, here's the thing. You should be getting upset. Um, I understand that not everybody wants to jump up and start yelling, but if that's not your style, you should be having to kind of bite it and hold it back because you should be kind of pissed off. Like you really should. Um, people that are kind of disputing the facts of what happened, there's nothing to dispute. Like you said, it's public, it's out there, it's been admitted to. Um, if they want to like fall back on, like the Nitro fans want to fall back on, oh, he was drinking, he was in a bar, he was drunk, he was acting out because of that, that's not the, an excuse. Um, first of all, this isn't his first issue um, with poor behavior. And and second, if that's how you act when you get drunk, you, you shouldn't be drinking. Yeah. If you know that about yourself, don't put yourself in that situation. It's not an excuse. So you leaning on that actually, actually it makes me more upset. Um, there are literal millions of people out there drinking tonight that aren't going to act like that. So I, uh, when I was reading about that, so you were already at the show cause it happened the night before the show. Um, Again, Northwest Pinball, uh, the Northwest Pinball show was awesome to get out in front of it, take care of it. And by the time I had heard of what happened, they had already taken actions, which that was really cool. Um, yes. And I was wondering, I, I was talking about it with my wife. I was really pissed off. I was I was like fired up. And so she and I were talking about it. And she said, are, are you going to make some sort of statement? Because... Um, I was saying maybe I should post something on the podcast page. And I thought, no, I don't want to say anything because um, I don't want to say anything until Jessica has a chance to weigh in, um, especially having a female co-host. I don't want to say something first. Uh, so I wanted to wait for you, but I was so mad all weekend. It, it bothered me and it irritated me. Um, so it was nice seeing the first voices come out, be angry voices, frustrated voices. And overwhelming response was just condemnation. And I I do have to say a couple of years ago, I can't say that that might've been the response. It might've been a little bit more rally around the drunk man and say, well, let's get, let's get the whole story from both sides um, and try and pretend that there were actual two sides to the story. At least this time, everyone was really quick to rally around the victim. Um, Cause there's no way of putting it. This was a, a situation where we had a very clear, victim and that sucks we don't we don't need that in pinball we don't need that anywhere um but this is a small hobby and he's had his second chance but this is one of those offenses that's large enough that we just don't need it i i think we're, we're done with them i it's i have a hard time even talking straight through because it, it it makes me so upset i'm yeah it's yeah, there are, there are a lot of sides to it. I understand where certain people are coming from. Uh, Connor and I had 
a pretty spirited discussion about, well, we've had several of them, but, um, you know, one being kind of at what point do you allow someone to try and be better? So when we say like, that's it, he's, he's done. Um, you know, let's say he goes to rehab and let's say that he, you know, has counseling and let's say he gets to a point where he's feeling better. Do we welcome him back in? Like, when does that happen? Where do we draw the line? What does someone have to do? And I really feel like initially he apologized. His apology was kind of half-assed and then he doubled down on a half-assed apology. Oh yeah. It was all like he went to pin side and. Oh, then he went to pin side. So initially because, and, and I have to say that I am very proud of Aaron for speaking out immediately when this happened and she tagged him in her post yeah. about it. So it's not like she was hiding it anywhere. No one's hiding anything here. And she flat out called him out and he responded with half-ass apologies and then people kind of went after him and I don't, I understand there's a lot of anger that's happening here, but right. Name calling on either side doesn't get people a lot of places aside from more worked up than they were sure. before. Well, part of his apology was to apologize without clearly stating what he did wrong without admitting clearly, like I was wrong to do a, I was wrong to do B. He was just saying, I regret my actions. He was so passively apologizing. It just felt so wormy like i want to wiggle out just about taking as much damage as possible it doesn't work his initial his initial apology said that he was sorry if he offended her yeah of course you did you know you did okay but offending her is not the issue here assaulting her is the issue here right like there there are layers of things so to choose the lesser of the things that has happened and focus the energy there so then it took provoking from other people to be like, that's not a real apology. Uh, I forget who it was that, that said, uh, I think you spelled assaulting wrong. It's like, yeah, you need to fully own up to this. So, so he started to respond to individual people and he did say, I should not have done that. He, he thought that his comments about sponsoring their tournament in exchange for sex were jokes, that they were funny and it's like, if you are saying these things to entertain your friends, let's take a look at who your friends are. Let's re-examine this. If you did, you know, genuinely don't mean those things and you don't want to offend people, but you're doing it for the jokes because your friends think it's great, yeah. what kind of people are your friends? Like, it's just weird that they're like, oh, yeah, but it's fine because my buddies thought it was funny. No, like, that's not okay. And I've been saying this for a while. Um, back when um, a friend of mine was in a similar type situation at Pinburg um, with a man there, there were a lot of people who were very quick to be like, well, you know, what if you were talking to him, if you were flirting with him, it's just like, no, like, yeah. nope, it is. None of this is ever okay. But also it had been happening. Like the person had been making comments throughout the day during gameplay around other people. 
and no one called it out. So when are we as a community going to get to the point where we say, hey, random guy, we're in this hobby together, right? But a lot of these people that we see at big tournaments, especially, we don't really know them. So it is uncomfortable to have to say to someone, you know, hey, you shouldn't be doing what you're doing. Right. And I know people who are uncomfortable talking to people when they're like abusing games. But now uh, we're talking about abusing other human beings. So at what point do we say to someone, you shouldn't be saying that? Like, you shouldn't be saying those things. Or you need to give that person some space. Like, if they're all up behind you, I was out playing and some guy was up behind me, like, pressing against me when I was playing. And I was like, you need to fucking move. And he was like, if you really want me to move, you should kick me. So I kicked him. <laughs> and I'm like, I have no problem doing that. But also, then I turned around to all the people who were there and I was like, why the hell did none of you say yeah, anything? Him back. None of you. The- and it's uncomfortable, but we have to be okay with being uncomfortable. Well, it just is so stupid that it has to put you in a situation where you have to do an action that if it's witnessed, it looks like you're doing something extreme. Like you, you're right. getting pushed so deep into a corner with this guy that um, if anyone just sees your part of the story, it's kind of like, well, what's wrong with her? Yeah. But hey, at least you waited for permission. He, he gave you permission to kick him, right? <laughs> he told me I'd have to do it. And I did. It. And there's, I have no problem doing that. It's like, you need to back off. And when people don't, take no for an answer. You need to do whatever is necessary to make sure that that no is non-negotiable. Yep. And I am very proud of Erin for immediately standing up for what was going on. She immediately informed people what had happened, dealt with the situation, communicated it to everyone to make sure everyone knows this just happened and it takes a lot to do that it is very difficult to put yourself out there like that and she has been subjected to all kinds of hateful statements and abusive statements from people that she has never met and she absolutely does not deserve that vitriol aimed at her no and that's the last like main thing i really wanted to touch on with that is that um for a lot of people it's easier for them not to say anything despite how deeply they got hurt or how deeply they were offended just because the reaction that they might get can sometimes be uglier than the actual offense that they initially dealt with. Right. So I think as a community, we need to be really protective of those people that are willing to speak out. So obviously you and I, um, the show, we support what she did, but, um, always, always, we're going to be open to supporting others who would like to speak out. And you know what, if people want to tell those stories, but they're not quite ready to put their name to it, I'm happy to aid in getting that out there. Um, It just needs to happen more. But as a community, we need to give those places where people can share that safely and know that the repercussions um, when they come, we're going to push back against those because the only way to get rid of it is to make people feel safe in reporting it. It's just crazy that right now there are people that feel they can get away with this because 
Um, I, I don't, I don't know if you're done with Northwest pinball show, but uh, I'm not ready to completely dive into Denver yet either way, but there was an incident at Denver that really just put an ugly mark um, on, on the end of a just fantastic weekend. Um, and I'm, I'll talk about that now because it ties into this, but on the third day of the show, um, about midway through the show, I was walking past the tournament area and one of the women that uh, I was at the show with was crying and I could see she was extremely upset and it wasn't that type of uh, cry that was, you know, like looking just kind of emotional. I could tell something was really wrong. I was afraid that she had received really bad news or something. So I went up and asked her, hey, what's going on? Are you okay? Well, just a few moments earlier, she was in the main game hall and she was playing a game and someone came up from behind her and ran his hand down her back and grabbed her and then ran off. So she turned around. Well, after like freezing, you know, and turned around, couldn't see who had done it because they took off. Um, so it was impossible to report. There's nobody to point out. Uh, there's nobody to point the finger at. So she's just left dealing with the fact that that happened. And what do you do at that point? Yeah. Her and her husband left the show. Um, they decided, hey, let's just head home from here. What a great way to end a weekend, right? I mean, yeah. it's. It, I felt heart sick the rest of the day. I was frustrated. Um, it just kept sitting there in my head like I really wish I'd been there. I wish I'd been there in the moment. I, it would have been the greatest thing in the world to catch the guy, make sure he was never allowed back in the show again. It just all those things. But really – I bet he has no idea what he did to her emotionally. Uh, and if he does, I, I just don't know how you can be that awful to another person. And again, that stuff happens because they feel safe enough to do it. And it's just, yeah. it, it makes me so mad. And so that happened at the end of Denver. And then this thing happened at the beginning of Northwest Pinball Show. So I was so fired up about the whole thing. And I, I was sitting there again with my wife and I was talking to her on the couch and I was just saying, this can't happen anymore. It has to stop. I'm so sick of it. And I just, I don't know what the answer is, but thank you for the people who do speak up about it and, and tell their experiences. We just, we need your voices because your experiences are what really make it real. And we're here to support you in that. A hundred percent. Um, and I am not done with the Northwest show. Um, So I, again, I was very, very pleased with the way that they handled it quickly, publicly. Um, And then the only tournament that I participated in of the different options that were available was the women's tournament. And it was, I have to say that everyone's spirits were really good in the tournament. Everyone seemed, uh, at least that I had spoken to, seemed pleased with what had happened. And the show definitely wasn't hiding anything. Um, So they were very transparent about what had happened. So we had two different qualifying sections available for the women's. One was on Friday night and the other was on Saturday afternoon. So I went and participated in the Friday evening qualifying section and 
I was in really good spirits considering like everything that happened. Um, the show was fabulous. So I went and I played and I was having a great time playing with other rad ladies and I ended up top qualifier in my section. So I got the bye straight into the semifinals for Saturday night. Yeah, that was awesome. Which was fantastic. Um, that felt really, really good. I didn't know where I was in the grand scheme of things. They use a bonus point system for the Northwest Pinball and Arcade Show when they do their match play, which makes it difficult to predict where people are in standings or where they're going to end up in standings. And I don't pay attention to that stuff anyway, because it would drive me crazy. So I wasn't even looking. And then uh, when it was all over, I was like, Oh, I was like, that's, that's pretty great. I was really, I was really happy, especially because I'm not doing much competitive pinball these days. So to have that result made me very, very happy. Uh, And I have been flat broke, like broke, like I've never been in my life since I've been starting this company and getting everything together. So, uh, you know, the $20 entry fee was something that I didn't think that I would have to be able to put towards that tournament. Um, but I will, I will say that my friend Jordan, who runs Next Level um, out in Hillsborough, was super encouraging um, and had uh, generously offered to sponsor me into the tournament if I didn't have the money for it. And um, I, I don't feel okay taking money from anyone for anything like that. But when I made my first sale of the convention, I took that money and kind of set it aside so that I could enter. And um, getting into the semifinals guaranteed that I would uh, more than get my money back. So I felt pretty good about that part of it as well. Um, what I did not feel so good about was my performance in the semifinals, which was abysmal. Um, it was tough because we had to be back at the convention center at like eight o'clock in the morning on Saturday. And I didn't touch a game of pinball all day. Uh, quarterfinals started at 7.30 p.m. And I had the buy. So I was a top qualifier out of both women's sections. Um, and my friend Tracy Lindbergh was um, second qualifier. So she also got the buy. So quarterfinals start at 7.30 p.m. So I've already been at the convention center for almost 12 hours by the time that they're getting started. And then we didn't start semifinals until 9.30. Eesh. So... 13 and a half hours after getting to the convention center. So when I start playing, I have not played at all. And everyone else who's in my section had been playing on tournament games for two hours. Yeah, that, that actually is a way bigger deal than um, you would think. Yeah. And I know like there are a lot of top level players who are able to walk in cold and just pick it up and crush it. Uh, I am not that person and I just could not pull it together. We had a weird thing happen with one of our games and we had to swap one out and it was multi-match play format where it's four people playing four games at the same time. You all start on a different machine and then rotate right every ball. Um, So then having to pull a machine and throw a new machine in just kind of threw off the flow of everything. It was a lot of standing around and waiting until the one game caught up. It was just a series of things and none of them were in my favor and I was outplayed. So that was the end of my, (laughs) of my time in the tournament. Um, I tied for seventh with Tracy and I mean, it was, I'm still really glad that I did it. It was an amazing group of players. 
Um, and then the finals went down to Hannah and Louise and Hannah won the tournament. So congratulations to Hannah. Um, and very, very well deserved, um, deserved win there. But, um, again, the show was wonderful. And as we were going into the semifinals, again, mentioned them wanting to make sure that we all felt like we had good options and, that the incident was really unfortunate. So definitely not sweeping anything under the rug, being very upfront about everything and its effect on the tournament that we were taking part in. Um, the show was fantastic and the women's tournament was run very well. So I was really pleased with the show. Like I said, I sold out of shorts, which was awesome. <laughs> That's um, awesome. And yeah, just getting to see friends and hang out. I, I barely played any pinball, but that's okay. Um, it was really fun. And I got to go to Flip Flip Ding Ding while I was up there and stayed with my buddy Alan, which is always the best time. So it was a really, really wonderful experience. I'm looking forward to doing the show again. Um, and yeah, I hope that other people are encouraged to go, you know, even if they were, or especially if they uh, heard about the incident and were upset about it. Let's show some support to the show that, you know, acted so quickly and so boldly in taking action and everyone, please continue to support the Northwest Pinball Arcade show. Yep. Uh, I really hope I can make it there next year. So Me too. I am uh, happy it went well, not just for you, but also for soft plunge and it was a good kickoff for it. So glad. Yay. Yeah. So tell me more about Denver. Okay. Yeah, Denver, uh, again, that's the closest thing I have to a home show for now because we have like the Salt Lake Gaming Con um, that's kind of turning into a bit more of a pinball show. But Denver is the thing that's just close. You know, it's an hour and a half flight uh, for me. So I can hop over there and uh, get back, get, you know, get into it. Um, easily. easily and it feels like I know most people there so good stuff uh, but yeah Denver started out with a bang and it just kind of didn't let up it was a lot of fun I got there a day before the show normally I go in the day of the show but this year decided to get there and give myself an extra day um, an extra night which is always been nice. I, I always get there exhausted and then I try and compete in a tournament um, and get the live show going all on the same day. It's, it's rough. So this year, got in during setup, um, helped a little bit with people getting some stuff out on the floor, checking their games over. Uh, but it was really nice being there the night before the show opened because having a show VIP badge um, was able to go in and play games early. So I got to put some time in on uh, Wonka without there being any lines. And uh, I guess we'll talk more about that later. So I won't talk too much about it yet. Um, then also I got to play some of the other games that we're going to tend to have big lines like uh, Oktoberfest, even though I've played a bit of that before. Uh, we'll probably talk a little bit more about that later um, when we're ready to slow the show down. Um, we also uh, got some good time on the LE version of uh, Black Knight, Sword of Rage. So it was fun playing the LE on that. Uh, so it was good getting there day early. 
Um, then first day of the show, uh, the main tournament qualifying was just day one and I qualified for a finals on that. So that was awesome. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I actually had a good tournament run. Um, the tournament at, uh, Denver is always one of my favorite things because it's run by Brandon Wheeler and Snow Galvin, and they super duper care about the quality of the tournament and not just the quality of the machines, but how much fun everybody's having. Um, They do a great job and their volunteers uh, like Helena Walter Higgins is they're just tireless. They're it's just a great community down there in Denver. So um, very fun, did well, and uh, it was a blast, but let me back up to the what else happened on day one. So day one was probably the most interesting day of the show. Not only did I qualify for a finals, that was great. Um, I had a really funny situation. So um, I went with Scott Larson from the Loser Kid Pinball Podcast. And the morning <laughs> of the show, this is five minutes before the floor is to open. We stepped out of our hotel room and Steve Ritchie steps out of his and it, we were just straight across the hall from each other and he points and he's like, you, I know your face. We've met before. And so, uh, we start talking and walk into the elevator and, um, we were going to go down onto the show floor with him for a little bit. And, uh, he stops right before he got on the show. He's like, ah, this is kind of embarrassing to admit, but I flew all the way out here and, uh, I forgot to pack deodorant. So I think I might need to, uh, get an Uber. You might help me call an Uber. <laughs> we're like, I have a rental car. We can just drive you. So we took uh, Steve Ritchie that morning to go get deodorant and liquor. He also needed liquor, by the way. Um, we were his driver for the morning. And that was kind of funny. Um, kind of odd to say that you were driving Shao Khan around to get deodorant and liquor. Um, but right, yeah, that was fun. Um, he was hilarious. He told us a lot of uh, not secret info, just insider info. Um, some interesting things about design, um, why star Wars turned out to be such a crazy mess on the art side. Um, and a lot of, uh, things that bother him. Uh, I I don't know how much I want to get into it on the show, but I, we did get into a little bit over on the loser kid pinball podcast. I was on that this last week. So if you want to check that out, go ahead. But, uh, he was great. He was funny. Um, super nice and really trusting just to hop into a couple of uh pinball guys rental car and drive around Denver. So that was interesting. Nice. Uh, yeah. So overall though, the show was great. Um, it was in a new location and the new location was a lot more comfortable. The tournament area was fantastic. Um, I finished top 10 in classics and yeah, you did. Yeah. I, had a lot of fun on that. I just totally choked out in the uh, finals, but it's fine. Mm. I, I I killed it in my last match. I just, the points didn't shake out right for me. Um, oh man, it was so close to advancing. We had the closest group, um, but it, it was a lot of fun. I, I, had a lot, I had a good time. The big frustrating point was just like I mentioned, everything that happened with uh the groping groper idiot incident. Um, mm-hmm. I really hope that's the only person he did that to over the weekend. Um, if it happened to anyone else, I'd love to see if we could put a story together and find out possibly who that was. But 
I don't know. Um, I guess all I can really say about it is I, I think the show is going to be a lot better place going forward in the new venue. Um, it was a little bit of a bummer being on Memorial Day weekend because there were quite a few people I'm used to seeing that couldn't make it there just because they had other yeah. plans. Um, and I looked at going, but the cost was crazy. Travel expenses it's, on that weekend, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, bef- I guess um, what we can talk about, though, is the the new games that we played that I played there and you've had a chance to play because I know you got to play Wonka at Northwest and I got to play it in Denver. So what did you mm-hmm. think about Wonka? I only got to play a couple games on it, okay. but I really like the kind of level of whimsy. I think it's very true to the film um, and captures a lot of the Wonka factory spirit, which was really cool. Joyful. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And I love Pat's design in that you could hit it one spot and think it was going to come out a certain place and it came out somewhere completely different that you weren't expecting your ball to come back out to. Um, It was just, it was really interesting and fun you know it was set up for a show so it was like a little bit floaty and a little little easy sensitive but um i'm really excited to be able to get some more time on Mm it um you know it definitely looks cool the shots are fun um i totally don't understand what the heck i'm doing because i only played two games but uh i can't wait to play more games on it and really see uh you know, what's under the hood. Yeah. So I talked to Butch Peel um, of JJP at the show and I asked him, uh, since it was a prototype of the show, uh, how much it's going to differ from a production version. And he said that there are tweaks uh, in the final version from that prototype that make the upper area of the game more fun. That's what he said. Um, He said the shots are a little bit more wild, um, that they just don't feel as magnetic on the final version. They're not, they're not uh, harder to hit. They're just not as he says. It doesn't feel like you're just putting the flipper out and it's automatically going in. He's like, you just feel like you have to aim. And in play testing, he said the higher skilled players have been enjoying that a lot more. So mm-hmm. that to me was really exciting. Cause uh, yeah, right from the get go, when I first started playing it, I just felt really locked into a few of the shots and I had some pretty long balls on it. Uh, and again, set up for a show, it was kind of slow, um, kind of floaty, but I felt that the layout was fantastic. There were shots all over the place on it without it feeling super cramped. Um, and yes, it was extremely whimsical and fun and joyful, which I really liked. So, um, yeah, looking forward to that. I can't wait to see what he exactly means with those tweaks, um, with the upper play field area being a little bit refined, but it's all good mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and then again, uh, did you get a chance to play either a premium or LE on the black Knight sort of rage? Um, there's a premium out at next level where I play. So okay. yes, I played it there. Um, how, how do you feel about that one? So I will say if you were to strip the art off of the pro and the premium and just like hand me a whitewood and say, play them. Um, it feels when you're playing the premium, it feels like you're playing a black knight. Like you can right. just say here, throw it at me. And I'd be like, this is black knight. Um, so there's, there's that. Um, 
but there's not, I don't know. It's fine. I don't, I don't know. I'm not like, I'm not super drawn to, there are other games that I would rather play, but it's not terrible. I don't know. I have like a very middle of the road feel about it. Okay. I can play it and have a nice time playing it. Sure. If I'm playing with other people, especially if I'm playing by myself, it's not the one I'm going to walk to first. That makes a lot of sense. It's, I think it's a very fun multiplayer game. Um, just because it is punishing and it's almost funny to watch people fail on it. Um, <laughs> it's also really fun to play other people's extra balls. We might talk about that a little bit. Oh, uh oh. But uh, it's, uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. It feels a whole lot more like a proper um, Black Knight game to, to have that extra upper play field and it's not just the upper play field just the uh what it does to the flow of the game of breaking it up um just felt more in tune of what black knight should be so i do like it um again it's not one that i would be drawn to to own personally but on location yeah i'll drop some quarters into it um in fact the day i got home from denver or the next day i went and i played the game on location just because i felt like putting a few more plays on it but yeah. uh yeah i mean i'm with you i'm not super in love with the game but i i don't dislike it so that's good <laughs> right <laughs> um, and then the other game and i've played it plenty before because of tpf but that's Oktoberfest. i mean oktoberfest uh, uh what would you think about that game mm, uh it's real slow Mm-hmm. and it doesn't give you a lot of clear direction about like what you should be doing and the animations are terrible like the crowd shot when it goes to the shot of like the crowd is just like this Mud. blur of something and like when you're it's, not hitting stuff yeah. the game's just silent almost like it's just very it feels like you're running through mud like it's just very like Uh, like i'm trudging through this game so the way i've described it is there's yeah it there's so much there um that nothing that everything starts to feel just like small variations because it's doing so many things that it on one level you can appreciate that it does everything but on the other hand it's like well if there's so many things it does everything just becomes such a small variation that they become hard to tell apart. So you don't really get a sense of where you are in the game. You don't get a sense of what you should be doing next. And it feels like everything's lit or nothing's lit. I don't know. It's just kind of an odd, odd place. Um, There's no urgency at all when you're playing it. It just, you're just flipping. Um, And the ball seems to take forever to find its way in the drain. Um, which kind of has to, or you'll never see everything that's in that game. But, <laughs> but if I had one, I would be ripping out those outlane posts. I'd be making it steep and I would just be saying, sorry, you're, you're only going to see small sections of this game. I just can't stand how long it plays. Would you also include maybe like some music and some better playfield direction or like, I'd press you... start on my Tron that's by it and just turn the volume up on Tron. Uh... Well, I guess that's one way to go. 
I, there's just they they got to do some stuff with the code on that game to make it a, a lot more dynamic because it's just it's a bit of a miss. It's not a terrible game, but I wouldn't say it's a great game. So it's just in in what these are selling for now. You kind of need a game to be great to get me excited. Um, so right now I'm excited about Wonka. So yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, all right. Take a little stretch. Uh-oh. Did you stretch? Um, yes. All right. Here's a... St- that might be a lie, but okay. All right. Um, let's talk about something. Uh-oh. What are we talking about? I'm going to give you a choice. Oh, God. And really, you're just deciding what you want to talk about first here. Do you want to talk about the new premium edition of Batman 66? Or do you want to talk about the artist for the premium edition? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I am going to talk about the game I played and then you were going to talk about the artist. Okay. That's, that's somewhat fair. (laughs) You shouldn't have given me the choice now. Well, yeah, I shouldn't have, but I learned. All right. So I was really excited because Next Level, where I play every week, um, they got the special edition, Batman 66, Catwoman edition. Um, They didn't have a Batman 66 before, right? They they own a Batman 66, but they have it out on location at one of their other spots where they operate games. It was not at the actual museum. So now it is there. And I was real stoked. So Jordan and I play a game on it straight away and he kicks my ass. I was like, all right, we can get pretty competitive. So (laughs) I was like, all right, fine, go play some other games. And I came back to it later, just me. And I'm like, I'm going to put some time in because I genuinely, when Batman 66 first came out, I did not care for it. Um, Now I really enjoy it. So I was excited to have one there and to be able to play it. Plus Catwoman. So um, initial impressions, not enough Catwoman. Like, yes, they put her larger on the back glass. Yes, she's on the sides of the head of the cabinet. However, the body of the cabinet, the side art, is a giant Batman and Robin. (laughs) I'm like, huh. You could have had her doing the lounge pose. You could have had like a bunch of cats. You could have done a lot of things. Well, I would love to see that game completely covered in latex with like gold accents, that. like her outfit from the show. Come on, something. Yeah. Little cat insert things over the speakers. Do something else with cats. It is the Catwoman edition. Yeah. Barely more Catwoman y. Barely. And like the little collector card that goes in the corner is not even a Catwoman card. <laughs> How hard is this? Oversight. More Catwoman. Although maybe the artist didn't want to draw any more powerful women. Oh no. So <laughs> oh, more Catwoman. Maybe a edition, but I don't know. Yeah. Um so I still love playing Batman 66. I put up a 1.6 billion GC on it. I will play the heck out of the game and I will add my own cats. Okay. 
Do you so, know more cats, please? Thank you. Do you know if they made any refinements at all to it, or is it just art? Uh, that's a good question that I don't have the answer to. I mean, it was it was playing well, it was playing snappy, but it's a brand new game. Sure. sure. Um, I feel like I got into modes that I either hadn't noticed before, or they must have done a code update to. Um, since I had played it last, but that again could have happened a little while. I haven't really played it recently because it's not in as many locations as it was. Um, and I also don't get out as much as I used to because I'm broke, but, um, (laughs) there, I did notice things in the game that I hadn't previously noticed. So it could have been a recent code update. Yeah. I just, it's a game I want to like, cause I love the code. I think he's done some really cool stuff there. Lyman has. Yeah. I how the left orbit is sometimes just a crapshoot. Just mm. be nuts. But you mean like uh, not getting into the saucer rejecting kind of stuff, or just a lot of shots that just sometimes if you hit them too clean, they don't work. Or sometimes I don't know. There's just some shots. Just there's a lot of clunk on on the physical layout, but the the game itself. Uh, has a lot going for it. So you just find ways to kind of deal with that, I guess. I don't know. Just like the balls falling around a lot. It's it's a Gomez game. Like it's full of neat ideas that sometimes don't always work out well. When everything clicks, it's cool. But the code is fantastic. There's a lot of neato things going on. Yeah. I don't like the table. I there's a lot of dead spots on it and stuff like that. But anyway, I didn't know if they made any small little adjustments or all any i i would doubt it just because the cost involved in doing something like that but i was just yeah. curious yeah it's i don't know I, it's one of those things that i would have to to pay some more attention to and be like oh right that's you know to, to look for the subtle little differences um that i yeah i would kind of don't really it. pick up on I would kind of doubt it. Imagine though, if they had, I mean, it would sort of devalue those super LE. <laughs> Imagine if your super LE shot worse than the premium, that'd be crazy. But anyway, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm glad um, you got to see one. That was super. You're the first person I know of that's even seen one. So, um, I will say also that it would have been nice if Eartha Kit got a little more featured. Like, yeah, they finally put her in the game where you can swap between the different Catwomans in the, the season type things. But in the Catwoman edition, there is zero Eartha Kit on the cabinet anywhere. Oh, that's kind of odd. Yeah, like not on the translate, not on the cabinet, anywhere. And like the Catwoman inserts on the playfields that I think were um, were different for the Catwoman edition, I'm like, we're just let's let's do a little more, have a, a little bit better representation. And if you're going to make that the uh, the theme, the special theme, then really do it up. Sure, it's tough if you don't have a lot of light box time. Uh, whoa. I'm- <clears throat> <clears throat> So, okay, well, we're transitioning into art talk here. Sounds like uh, it. So the artist for the game, Christopher Franchi, now he's kind of been like this 
crazy. I'm just going to, yeah, he's been crazy uh, in his run of pinball. Um, was Batman 66 his first game? I I think so, right? Maybe. Y- yes. Uh, yes? <laughs> I, I don't have, if you think that is true, you are probably correct. Uh, my timeline brain is not. Let me take a look here. There uh, you go. I didn't prepare for this, but it doesn't matter. I, I'm just saying is, uh, you know, he came in Batman 66. He's had Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Monsters. He's got he's had several games. Um, every time he has a game, he's pretty thin skinned on criticism about it. Does a lot of lashing out and it doesn't seem like it's possible for him to do a project without getting into some sort of dust up with a podcaster or fans or Facebook commentators or whatever. But he really kind of had an odd uh, tantrum the last few days, but it goes back to the whole pintastic new England pin, uh, the art that he did for that. Um, We, we hadn't recorded since that happened, right? No. We just just talked about that. Uh, The boob window uh, image. I'm sure that's been seen by now. We probably don't, we don't need to talk too much about that, but basically he provided art for the, it was just a pin. Um, And it was kind of a shirt and a poster shirt poster as well. Um, But it was a kind of a retro style uh, sci-fi a woman in distress from the tentacle alien um, monster. Someone found what had to have been the inspired art for that. Um, Sci-fi pulp book cover. Anyway, on her spacesuit, she had a boob window to show cleavage. And once it was pointed out, um, people took their sides. Hey, this is stupid, which it was. Um, Hey, it's not that big of a deal. And then, uh, you know, it turned into its own issue. Um, it was discussed and everything, you know, went forward from there. Well, apparently, uh, I didn't hear this, but um, on the podcast that, that he appears on, he came out and explained from his point of view everything about that situation, but then immediately told them to pull the episode down and delete the show so they don't even have a record of it. And then also went ahead and started unfriending pinball related people that he's friends with on Facebook and started like erasing his pinball presence. I don't know what he said on the show. I didn't hear it. I haven't asked around to hear what he said, but essentially he's throwing another fit uh, because he's tired of social justice warriors or whatever chasing him down. I, I don't know what his issue is, but what well, are your thoughts? I heard that he has a new job creating overly complicated memes. Uh, okay. So... That- Okay, let's real quick because I don't want to give him or his artwork any more spotlight attention or time than it requires, um, which is not very much. But uh, the only reason that I think the boob window is problematic, as you the boob window as you have called it, I don't know that I want to stick a trademark on that, but um, the there is a keyhole which is. Keyhole is a fashion term. It's it's in real 
fashion items that you can purchase. That's fine. Uh, It would not be on a fashion item in space because you die. So uh, yes, it's not realistic. It is pretty much similar to some other things, just looking at artwork and then just reproducing that artwork in a slightly different way. Um, So it's not an original piece. It's not based on any pinball art that exists. Um, so the choice of it for the show is interesting to begin with. Um, originally, um, this all came about because there were comments that were posted, feedback that was posted in a negative light, and the show deleted those comments as opposed to just responding to them, which would have been a good way to handle the situation, not handled well. Um, and then the organizer of the show was getting into some discussions where that women were having, And I flat out said to him, because he said that they had received feedback from the initial artwork and had gone back to their artist and had him make changes based on the feedback. And this was the new art. So I and several other people repeatedly called out to the organizer to please share with us what changes exactly were made. And they flat out like refused or just stopped responding at that point. Um, or would divert to something else. So it's like, if you have nothing to hide, then you can just share this. Um, so I don't know if they got caught in a bad contract or what the, what the deal was. But from someone I know who had previously seen it, um, she initially was in space with just like like stocking and garters. Uh, so not even pants. <laughs> in space. Um, so super practical. But I think that the tone deafness especially comes from let's take an image of someone who looks totally helpless and have this big creature who's just overpowering her even though she's holding a space gun not doing anything about it i'm like i get like i am a more difficult person to offend than most other people so yes like some provocative imagery doesn't offend me as much as it's going to offend someone else i am understanding and sympathetic and empathetic to the person who is not wanting that art in their space and of the fact that if you're going to have a a show in a hobby that is trying to be more welcoming and encouraging of women maybe listen to women and maybe consider your artwork from the perspective of the people that you're trying to appeal to um and the flat-out refusal to do anything about it was troubling so, or the standing behind the, oh, well, we already changed it. Cool. Show us the original yeah. stuff. Like, like that whole thing was weird. But then seeing the artist come out and say things about people, like, it's just, I don't know. It said some things that were not appropriate, I don't believe, um, and just got really angry and really defensive and lashed out in ways that I just don't think that we, we need in this space. It's like, you know, the show needed to be more transparent because it's like, if you hired him to do a specific job and he didn't do it, then get someone else to do it, get your money back or have him do the thing that you hired him to do. Um, and him kind of creating like little meme things talking about like how women are so easily offended and they just don't get his art and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, just get over it. Get over it. Not everyone's going to like all your stuff. You don't have to 
lash out in the way that you're lashing out. I don't, I don't understand it. I don't know why there's a place for it here. There are a lot of other artists, let me tell you. Actual PIMA artists. There are. There are also other artists who can create things that are in a pinball vein mm-hmm. because I, I have now been meeting artists, artists and talking to artists who do work that is uh, very much in that kind of style that is not, you know. Derivative? Mm. Yeah, that's that would be a word that could describe yeah. that. Yeah, so... I, yeah, I'm not. I'm not here to, um, just bag on him. But honestly, I'm fine if that's kind of the exit <laughs> for for Franchi and pinball art because I think that he has talent for the what he does. He's an artist. I've never viewed him much as a pinball artist. He creates assets that someone else is taking and and using for pinball, but it doesn't have the same cohesive design as when you see something like what zombie Yeti does or dirty Donnie does or something like that, um, where it looks like it was made for pinball, um, from the ground up as pinball as the canvas. So, right. Like look at Python, like that is the gold standard of let's tell a story with our playfield art. Let's have the whole thing work as one cohesive unit yep. and like a real piece of art. Like look at what Greg Ferris does. Like look at all of these amazing artists that we have. And I understand other people may, may love it. It may be like someone may be like, this is exactly what I'm looking for. When I first saw that artwork, it just, it looks like Photoshop with like some color pop filters and stuff. Yeah, and that's fine. If people are into that style and want that style, he's great at it. If you want something that's a little bit more interpretive, there are a million other, you know, like great people that you can go and contact and have them do that kind of stuff. Obviously Stern liked what he was doing. Right. But uh, again, pinball is a fairly small community and it's just, to me, it's not worth having that kind of drama and, treatment of people in the community like we did we just don't need that <laughs> so nope. learn to play nice or you know play in a different space that's kind of how i'm starting to feel about all this kind of stuff yeah so i guess that's all i really have to say about it i don't know if you had any other thoughts on it um just please direct all of your snide comments to this flipping body <laughs> yeah. tommy and taylor he already hates taylor <laughs> Sorry, Taylor. I'm not sorry. <laughs> um, a couple quick hitters, and then I want to talk about the best part of the gap in between our recordings. So, first of all, Stern did announce that Elvira is coming. Yes. Uh, well, Elvira announced that Elvira is coming. True. Uh, <laughs> let's let's just say back to her her newsletter, her little fan club newsletter. Signed by Elvira. Uh, I loved seeing that come out. Been waiting and waiting. Yeah. I uh, oh, I cannot wait. Like October. a few more months. A few more months. October. Get to lay hands uh, on the Elvira machine. Which makes total sense to have an Elvira game come out 
for Halloween. So that's cool. yep. I'm wondering if the timing of the announcement, because normally uh, Stern announces and starts shipping within a couple of weeks. Uh, if that happened now, because Wonka is supposed to start shipping by the end of the month, if that's just like a, hey, hold your pre-order dollars a little bit longer. Uh, oh. Probably some strategy there. Or if maybe it just has to do with uh, Elvira's marketing cadence. I don't know. But I am excited to see what this thing is going to look like. I just am dying to see what they do for the art. If it's going to be more in line with the first two games or if it's going to be more realistic. I really hope it's still comic book style. So yeah, got to see what they've done there. Um, but yeah, we don't have any information at all about the game, just that it's coming in October. So probably won't see much until I would guess end of summer. But have you heard, have you heard name rumors? I haven't. Ooh, I have. Am I supposed to say it or not say it? I, I want to say it out loud because I want it to be true because I think it's perfect and in line with the humor of her other games. Okay. Give it to me. Um, but I heard that the new Elvira machine was going to be called Haunted Hills. Haunted Hills? Which I love yeah. very That'd much. Be... And I hope that that's the thing. I'd be down for that. I heard yeah. one, but I can't remember what it was. And I think it was just someone making a joke. So I, that's why I don't remember it. Because I don't, I don't think it was serious. But Haunted Hills is cool. Yeah. Um, okay. So should we talk about the Men's Journal article before... Uh, but there's definitely another bad behavior moment here but men's journal has an article called the in called inside the little known world of hyper competitive pinball um it's full of choice quotes that's what i'll say about that but uh yeah they take a look at um pinball tournament play and they give a very flowery narrative i guess of the stern pro circuit final so why don't you uh tell me what jumped out at you oh they had written a few things uh first of all they made it a point to stress that the field was all men and they said it several times however sunshine bond was competing in that tournament so maybe let's do the most minor bit of fact checking. Um, and then, so apparently they have now agreed to print a retraction in their next issue and have changed the online article. Uh, the changing in the online article did not mention that there was a female competitor. It just took out the line about how it was all men competing. Right. And they still kept a later bit in, about how like later on in the night after the tournament had been progressing that a bunch of people came in and there were actual real life women real life women. as opposed to what like what what also elizabeth was tding the event she was one of the tournament directors she was there all day sometimes they're playing and i'm like i don't know what point you're serving by trying to make a huge point in your article about like there were no ladies, at least not any real life ones. <laughs> like what? What? I don't understand. The whole article just smelled like Axe body spray. I don't know what was happening. <laughs> it is that. men's journal, so. Cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. They didn't. 
they didn't care to uh they didn't care to make like pinball look good i don't know what what the point was like was it to kind of just be like throw us before the bros and say check out check these nerds out i mean what what was it just it just has a weird tone to it like this yeah. is neat this is interesting but they're nerds i, I don't know <laughs> it was just odd um yeah. i don't know i don't think it's something you really need to go check out unless you're curious there are much better articles on competitive pinball out there um yeah. that don't have a strange odd focus on uh or at least um an odd uh highlight on gender so yeah anyway yeah. <sighs> <laughs> but guess what what evil Knievel's in your garage Evil Knievel's in my garage. It finally happened. It happened. I came up to work. Oh, uh, hey, how did it get in my garage? Jeff brought it. I did. I drove up there in my Honda Fit. One week before the date that it had, uh, one week before the date that it would have been two years since it was picked up from my uncle's house by Rob, Rob made me these very thoughtful um, cards for the apron mm-hmm. that have the date of the Evil Knievel adventure from when he picked it up from my uncle's house in New York, brought it back to his, and the date he brought it to Pinburg, um, and then space where it can fill in the rest of the adventure, which, oh my gosh, that's going to be a funny one. So it's like, all right, then Pittsburgh, it went back with Tommy to Indiana, and then it went with Robert to Oklahoma, and then AJ ended up with it in Denver. And then it ended up in Jeff's garage. Salt Lake City for a long A little while? Like a year. Like 11 months. (laughs) (laughs) Like, oh my gosh. This has been a journey that this game has gone on. Yeah. It's it's been around. It is amazing. Just like Evil Knievel. It had some big jumps. Sweet jumps. It had some sweet yeah. jumps. But yes. it was a very short trip, but it was a very fun and packed full of fun weekend. So, yeah, I got up at like four in the morning, got on the road. It was crazy. And started driving. And every time I had a like little pee break, I'd send you a little update how far away I was. And uh, (laughs) I was so excited and that excitement kept me going. We got there, um, hugged it out and basically started playing pinball and eating food. And that happened for the next three days. So, yep, pretty much. Um, Yeah, it was fun. I was running a tournament. um, So my friend Lex was... um, raising money for their top surgery. So we did that. You played in the tournament and did quite well. uh, And I helped run that tournament fundraiser, which was um, a nice turnout, raised some good money. Um, It was, it was a very weird emotional weekend for me because that was happening, which is like exciting for Lex and I'm, uh, and Lex actually just had, their surgery and is doing really well. So I'm happy about that. Um, so thanks to everyone who participated and helped, um, a friend pin pal in a time of need. Yeah. 
Um, and you were there, which is like very random because it was like two days before you drove. You're just like, Hey, what are you doing this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> I, it was like Tuesday or Wednesday. It's like, can I come up on Friday? <laughs> like, yeah, you're gonna have to come with me to play pinball later. Sure. Um. Yeah. So so that was all happening, and then as we were uh, getting ready for the tournament on Saturday, we like stopped for breakfast, and you asked me what the format of the tournament was. Oh yeah. <laughs> I was like that's a good question because I had been asked to run it, but I didn't know what we were doing. And I went to check it and we were sitting there and it went from like, it was just squealing breaks, like everything like, Hey, this is a nice time. We're getting ready to do this thing to uh, me having a nervous breakdown in a coffee shop. Um, And I'm sure that you must've been terribly, terribly confused. Um, But a, friend from Eugene who's a huge part and has been a huge part of the Eugene pinball scene for many many years um Andy Stubbs had passed away and it has been rough let me tell you um he was am- amazing he could shit talk someone in a tournament like no one else <laughs> um he and I actually battled in a shit talking tournament down at Blair Alley in Eugene. Um, and he ended up coming first and I came second. He is the, that was three years ago. Gosh. Um, he is the person who showed me in a tournament, of course, um, that there was a billionaires club on bride and I had never seen that before. <laughs> I just had my, my mind blown and he had a good chuckle over that. And then, of course, after the game was over, he showed me how it was done. Um, had some wonderful times with yeah. Andy, and it was incredibly sad to um, to hear that news. And they did a really nice memorial tribute to him at Blair Alley that Mindy and I drove down um, from Portland for. They did a tournament to raise money for his daughter's college fund. And he also used to be like in a metal band and his friends from his um, musical side of his life did a concert and there was a big memory board with photos. And he also was kind of a rock hound. So they had uh, little baskets of rocks and you could take one kind of as a, memento and something to remind you of him and they did a really wonderful job with it and i am very grateful to blair alley for hosting a celebration of life of andy's um and he used to put dri in as his initials so um everyone at the tournament who threw initials in was putting in dri and um from the time that he had gotten sick people were putting his initials up just kind of showing support and love for him all over and um when he passed i started seeing his initials pop up all over portland and um it definitely chokes me up a little bit but makes me smile to see him pop up and um i have been throwing his initials into games and in games that have longer um longer space have been putting his right alongside mine. So leaving a little bit of Andy and his pinball legacy wherever we go. But um, 
definitely missteps. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. a rough moment when that went down. And like on one hand, I was happy to be there for you. On the other hand, I it was it was hard um, seeing that, but I was again happy I was there. So could tell he meant a lot to a lot of people how people were talking about him. So definitely. Yeah. Very good. Um, it was it was like that tournament was kind of one part benefit, one part like kind of mini memorial. So um, you guys have an awesome pinball community there, from what I could see, and I'm sure it was a very small part of it. But um, yeah, I was very envious of the uh, the people I played with, like of what you guys have. It was very cool. We're very spoiled here. Oh yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, so we got Evil Knievel set up, and it almost works. <laughs> it scores uh, correctly. Well, uh, no, it's kind that. of gone back to its initial, yeah, just having some trouble and need need more help than I am able to puzzle out with it. So, uh, hoping I'll have some some eyes and hands on it from. Uh, friends soon to help me get it working so all right well it's in its place it is it'll get sorted out it will it's in great shape it's only been two years it's fine (laughs) yeah it's fine yeah that's a few days (laughs) but it was awesome um that was a fantastic trip um the last three or four games we played at five o'clock in the morning in your garage <laughs> or leaving before you took off. Cause it was mother's day and you had to get home. I did. I got home and I made it home in time for mother's day dinner. So that was great. Uh, it was a whirlwind trip. It was, I want to come back when I have more time and eat more roasted strawberry, white chocolate ice cream or whatever that was. Uh, you took me to great places to get food and, it was fun. We had a great time. Good. So glad you had fun. Yeah. Come back for the Tacoma show. Come back. There's all kinds of good stuff going on here. Yeah. Plenty of reasons to come back. So come back for one of my next level tournaments. If anyone's in the Portland area and wants to play at just the most spectacular place to come play. It's worth going uh, up just to play at next level for a day. Like, right. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I have another tournament that I'm running there on June 23rd, and then I have one on July 21st. So come and play some pinball with me. Okay. It'll be fun. The June one, I will be in California, but the July one is tempting, so <laughs> we'll see. Oh. And if you're in the Portland area and have not yet gone to Next Level, totally come out and play some games. The place is rad, and I'm there every Friday. Every Friday? Every Friday, unless I'm not. But mostly every Friday. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Go see Jess. Yep. Uh, I've run out of stuff. Do you have any other things? Did we miss anything? Oh, I'm sure we've missed so much stuff. I've missed you. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Is it? It doesn't sound like us. Yeah, no, we have covered a lot crams it all in there i miss tesla uh tesla is the best kitty and he's staring at me because he wants dinner real bad yeah he's got to be upset about how long we're 
recording today. <laughs> I don't know, hour and a half. I feel like that's, a lot. that's reasonable. Yeah, yeah we, we covered a lot of like, ground. So Basic recap is we've done a lot of pinball stuff. Um, people need to be better to each other. Uh, yes. Uh, Elvira. And please visit softplungepinball.com. For sure. Official sponsor of the Pinball Podcast. <laughs> so you keep saying... I, but I don't know what that means, except that you play my. <laughs> <I don't... laughs> Thanks again to Gilbert Gottlieb yeah. for that. the most interpretive jingle ever. I love it. Yeah. So, no, seriously though, um, I do want to give you a double congrats on the soft plunge. One of the guys in our league just updated his uh, Facebook profile. I noticed he had a soft plunge shirt on in it. Nice. That was cool. Yay. Um, (laughs) I'm going to get some stuff to give away at the Salt Lake Gaming Con. So uh, things from you. We'll have to come up with some kind of contest to get, get a listener a soft plunge shirt. For sure. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I don't uh, send me a jingle. Send send more jingles, <laughs> and we'll pick one. Jingles and, and uh, slogans. We want to hear them. <laughs> and the winner gets a soft plunge pinball shirt. Play hard. Soft plunge. I don't know. Mm. 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 Do better than Jeff, and you could win a soft plunge. Oh man. <laughs> My um. My saying at Denver when I was playing well was pinball is a game, but I don't play. That was my, there, that's our shirt. Okay. You're going to have that. But you do play. I do. I need, I need to figure out how to make it more business. (laughs) (sighs) I get trampled, but yeah, it's all right. Pinball is supposed to be fun. It is supposed to be so. Um, yeah and with that in mind go watch the IFPA 16 finals yes that go, did uh, that totally happened and it's so amazing um, and oh uh, I will also point out that the Southern Hemisphere Pinball Championships just happened in Sydney Australia and uh, yeah. a friend of the show Emily Cawson um, won the women's in the uh, pinball champs. So congrats to Emily killing it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. All right, friends. That's it. That's the thing we did. All right. All right. Bye. Bye.